Welcome to Antimatter Pod, a Star Trek podcast where we discuss fashion, feminism, subtext, and subspace, hosted by Annika and Liz. Today we're discussing the second episode of Star Trek Picard, Maps and Legends. There was not a map or a legend in yeah, that I was whole episode. Say, <laughs> I have no idea what this title means. It has nothing to do with the episode. No, and I like I, I I'm not a literalist, but I feel like we need something. I, I guess the Jat Vash are legendary. Yeah, yeah. Uh. I mean, they could have called this episode Romulans. Romulans <laughs> everywhere, and it would have would have been accurate. Slightly more more correct, <laughs> but yeah. whatever. Maps and legends, sure. I mean, Picard is sort of a legend. But this is also like a whole episode of women dunking on him. Uh, so, kind of if if they wanted us to be thinking about the Jadvash or Picard as legend or I don't even know, like then just call it legends. But the whole maps and there are no maps. I know, no maps, I know. Nothing. <laughs> not not a map. They don't even try tracing the subspace. Um, message system to see if they can triangulate where Soji is, which I thought was the next step. Like, I don't want to tell Laris how to do her job, but... But, well, they can't find her too quickly. Well, that's the thing. That's what the show is all about. <laughs> I, I loved every Romulan, and this episode <laughs> was, like, about Romulans. I loved every woman, and this episode was about women. And so there was lots... That I just, you know, superficially adore about this episode, but the like plot parts of the episode, such I, as they I were, have, I have issues. Yeah. I, just, I don't understand. I feel like I enjoyed this episode a lot more than the first one, and I like I have complaints, but they're mostly along the lines of quibbles rather than how dare they fridge another woman. Right. So I, I really wish that these two episodes had been aired together, but. I, I just, I don't know how well it holds up. And also, the end is very abrupt. So you can, yeah. you can really tell that there's, there's the pilot, quote-unquote, is really the first three episodes, yeah. you know, like a 90-minute thing mm. that exists. And, and it's just, so like, oh, like I literally, when it, when it, the first time I watched it, I was like, wait, that's it? Wait, yeah! That, how is that the end? That makes no sense. The first episode, at least it had sort of a, a pull-out shot of, you know, a reveal or something. I guess this was a reveal, but it was not powerful in that way. It was just, it was an and end scene. Cut to <laughs> There was no visual drama to it. So, it was weird. But, but you know, whatever. Okay. But the pacing is just going to be a <laughs> recurring theme in our episode recaps. That's, that's all I have to say. Yes, yes. And, you know, if that's the biggest problem, I'm going to be okay with it. That's fine. Like, it's clearly leading into its storytelling and its world building. And I really enjoy that. I just, you know, we got to the end of watching it last night and it was my second go and my flatmate's first. And she turned to me and said... Is it just me, or did nothing happen in that episode? <laughs> nothing happened. There was a lot of talking. It was, was great talking. It was setup. mostly women talking. A lot of setup. Yeah, your Bechdel mm. test, they were like, challenge accepted. Yeah. We're, we're going to make that happen for you. Like, even the scenes where women were talking about a man, usually Picard, and therefore technically failing the test, we were really learning more about these women than anything else. Right. So, yeah, that that really worked for me. And like you, I really enjoy the episodes which are the setup before the the climax. And that's what these two episodes, especially this second one, feel like they're doing. So I had a really good time. The climax tends to disappoint me. The setup is much more fun. Yeah, I am not holding my breath for a good ending. You know, <laughs> just just reasons. So it's okay. 
every Romulan is amazing. I'm obsessed with them all. Even Narek turned out to be quite charming, and I wouldn't say that I find him interesting as a character, but I don't find him objectionable when he's on my screen. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. I nicknamed him Kyla Romulan, so he's my baby. And sorry, like <laughs> no, I, no. I as soon as as soon as I did that, it was all over for my, my <laughs> objective relationship with Narek. No, that's okay because I have preemptively adopted Elnor, and he hasn't even appeared yet. So you know, so it all works out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed the exposition about the Jat Vash and the byplay between Laris and Shaban as yes. they uh, as he shares that it was his parents who recruited and trained her in the Tal Shiar and I, I, I have so many questions I love them so much but also you know that scene and the one it's interlaced with in Daj's apartment they're very expository and I don't mind that because it's all the Brady giving the exposition but interlacing them made it more interesting. That was what I was going to say. It was smart to mm. have the action in the apartment happening at the same time as the discussion in his home because it made it less annoyingly expository. Yes, yes, it was well they, executed. So, I, and, you know, credit to the writers to have figured mm. that out. And, and <laughs> I will say... This it was, was a, a fairly oh so much, and then it turned out to be a fairly long scene that basically boiled down to Soji is off planet, which <laughs> is apparently a real shock to Picard. Even though you know, surely most of the human population lives off world. That's what I was going to say. I was like, this is Star Trek. Why are you yeah. surprised? I don't understand. Has his years as the Hermit of Labar made him a bit more parochial, perhaps? Yeah, I, I mean, it, the, the trappings of that estate are, are weighing heavily, apparently. <laughs> that, was, that was my main beef about the episode, that this whole scene boils down to nothing. And then it's not pursued. Like, I really did expect Laris and Shaban to be following that up while Picard was doing other things. I feel like... I read a lot of detective and crime fiction and one of the tropes of golden age detective fiction is like the aristocratic detective and his servant or manservant who is also a detective and does like the hands-on forensic stuff while the aristocrat does the people stuff. And I'm like, Picard has two and they're married and they love each other and they fight crime. And but Picard also reads a lot of detective yes so it's 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 a it's a strange choice on Picard's part that he's not see in the the preview for the next episode that you know they say we don't know where we're going and he says I'm working on it and it's sort of like why is it taking so long or or we why did it take until the episode we haven't seen yet for him to start looking working on it because it's I'm I maybe it is behind the scenes maybe Laris and Javon are working on it and we aren't told that and that's you know we don't have to be told everything everything doesn't have to be explained that's like I'm okay with it but I do think that it is valuable to uh you know a, a throwaway line of dialogue explains that we don't need to see it happening we're good right or just it just seems this along with like that Soji was hidden until the end of last episode mm. there are these things that are happening that seem to be more about the show or how like how the plot is being revealed to us than they are about the action actually happening within the story or realistic ways for these characters to behave yeah in fact I was going to say that it's two episodes in, but I am surprised at how poor some of the writing is in terms of not just little plot things like that, but like there's a lot of dialogue that I think looks better on the page than said by a human being. When Picard said bogus. Ah, I know. I, I know. just pulled right out of it. I was like, what? He doesn't use that word. <laughs> Which is, I mean, you know, that's just me 
imagining Picard as his as but it was just it <laughs> it was a strange word choice for me that 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 leaped out and it's funny because I was I I have a Star Wars podcast with my daughter mm. and we were discussing the Mandalorian and I went off on a little tangent in that discussion about how Star Wars is so there's a veil of unreality when you're watching Star Wars yes that doesn't exist in Star Trek and I specifically use Star Trek as the example of that Star Trek exists in what is meant to be my personal future. Yes. And, and so it's when things happen that, that seem unrealistic to the, the reality that they have created that is my reality that I get pulled out of it and it doesn't, it doesn't feel like Star Trek anymore. So that's like a weird thing mm. that, that happens. So you don't really have a problem with Daj saying dude, for example, or the the occasional F-bomb, but Picard saying bogus is... Exactly. It's just, it's a, it's a strange, and there's a line, and it was just, it was a little bit, I don't know, it just, that there, every once in a while, it, it, it seems like there was, it was trying to be maybe too clever, or mm. there was just this... We're not, we're telling you this story instead of you're watching this story. That's it. That's it. It really feels like this is scripted by a novelist, which, you know, Michael Chabon (laughs) is said to be a really great author and I I don't doubt it. I just assumed that there would be more polish to the script. I don't know. I I just, that's, it it did jostle me a little at Mm. times, is I guess what I'm saying. But it's also... This is the second episode of the series, and I, I always give series a little time to get their rhythm. They might just not be ready to write a card yet. Yeah, yeah, but I just, I think we discussed this on Twitter once. I find it strange that in this era where television has such long lead time and such long prep time that no one ever seems to go back to their pilot and do a quick polish once they have their handle on everything. You know, that to me, like, <laughs> when I'm... When I'm writing something substantial, the very last thing I do is go back and check the first chapter and make sure that it's still of the same quality as the rest of it. So yes, this yes. is this is just me being a backseat television showrunner. <laughs> yeah, I know. We don't know anything. Yeah, so. no, no. <laughs> and you know, television is written very fast, and it's possible that that's something Shabon is still adapting to. And what do I know, really? You just said Siobhan, and I thought you were talking about Javon. And now I'm... <laughs> and now I'm like, wait, is he named after? Like, I can't, I can't unthink that anymore. Is Siobhan Michael Siobhan's self-insert? What? Oh my gosh. Because he's given himself a kick-ass wife, if that's the case. <laughs> but Siobhan is the one who, like, he's... You know, Laris is much more in charge yes. of everything. <laughs> yes. And every scene, and he's the one who makes little comments to to help it out. Like even mm, in the in mm. the premiere, he said, you know, so the drama. He like makes these little snarky. He has snarky commentary more than more than meaningful contributions. Yeah, so not that like... not that his contributions are not valuable. I like him a great deal. I just feel like Laris is maybe a bit smarter I think <laughs> he I think he's definitely think he the eye candy too. in this relationship <laughs> and, and and the muscle a little bit yes it was yes. implied in this episode uh, it's interesting because I just read the final issue in the prequel comic which introduces Laris and Shaban and two things struck me one it was incredibly poorly written like we were just complaining about this series, but this comic is just almost unreadably bad. And also, Shaban is very much at the forefront of the storytelling, and Laris is like off to the side making snarky comments and not really contributing anything. And hmm. I read it before this second episode came out, but I'm still like, really? Really? At the time, I, I, it seemed wrong, and it seems wrong now. I'm always interested in, you know, how much, how many conversations they have mm. back and forth between the tie-ins and the, what's going on, because it happens more often than I expect 
Ooh. And it seems like there's two completely different teams that have no... They, I, it just doesn't seem like, you know, they, I, we've said this about the tie-in novels, the Discovery yeah. tie-in novels, too, that seem to have nothing to do with the series. It's like, what is going on? And, you know, Una McCormack has already written a Picard tie-in novel, but it seems, judging from her Twitter, that she's watching the series for the first time along with the rest of us. Mm. So. Interesting. I mean, it's it's me. I can accept any strange quirks as it's an AU of an AU of an AU, and mm. we've already seen that in Star Trek there are all these different timelines at all times, so whatever. <laughs> but... It's it's curious. It's curious to me. Yeah, I just want to know how it works, really. Um, how do you feel about the Jat Vash as like the secret, 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 extra secret police? <laughs> uh, I loved Laris's line that adding secret to anything Romulan is redundant. Yes, that was such a great. It's like, oh, that's why I like the Romulans. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it was very. I, this is another way. I'm so glad that they they cut up that scene because that whole Jatvash stuff is super convenient. <laughs> like, yes. There's the Romulans, and then there's the secret police Romulans, and then there's the secret secret police Romulans. It's just like at a certain point, guys, you have to realize there's something wrong with your society. <laughs> Well, I like it. I like it as sort of um, a parallel. You've got, you know, Federation security or and Starfleet intelligence, and then you have Section Thirty One, which mm-hmm. also does not officially exist. So, it, it's nice that we're not the only people doing that. But yeah, it's a bit recursive, and I don't know yet how I feel about the idea that they just—it's a whole secret intelligent force dedicated to hating AI. Yeah. That's like, just... I, I was wondering, you know, why didn't they go after Data when he was alive and active? And then I was like, what if they were constantly targeting Data? And all those times we thought Worf was really dropping the ball as a security chief? No, he was just saving Data's life and had other things on his mind. I like how you're trying to, like, fix Worf's character flaws. By... <laughs> I just think that... Worf did his best, and sometimes the scripts didn't give him a fair deal. Hmm. I read a theory that the Jat Vash created the Borg. (sighs) (sighs) And that's why they uh, exist to hunt down AI. And, um, first of all, why is the internet obsessed with thinking about how the Borg were created? I don't know. That's my first question. Stop that. Guys, we need to move on. But I think I think it's very easy to understand Romulan culture hating AI. Oh, everything absolutely. Everything we know about Romulan culture. Really, everything we know about Vulcan culture, it's easy mm. to understand why the Romulans hate AI. So, but I agree that it's weird that there's an entire secret organization devoted to it and that even Laris, who seems to know the most of anyone not in Jadvash about Jadvash, doesn't know why? Yeah, yeah, and I guess it's going to be this brain-breaking secret, but what could it be? The only thing I've seen, the only hypothesis I've seen is something like Sorak was an AI and that's why Romulans hate them. And I'm like... Mm-hmm. Okay. No. No. I, but it could be... Okay, okay. So the Romulans and the Vulcans are both very... Religious is the wrong word, but religious. They have their own spirituality. So I can imagine a prejudice against AI because they are, they don't have a soul. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah, the, the, the Vulcans have a, that whole Katra thing. And Romulans don't have Katras per se, but they have their own version of, mm. we're very obsessed with, they're obsessed with bloodlines. I mean, just the fact that 
the Tal Shiar and the Jad Vash that we see in this episode are all related. Yeah, like, yeah. It's uh, clearly... Laris is trained by Jaban's parents. Right, and then Narek and Nerissa are brother and sister. So blood, blood and soul and family and legacy are all super important to Romulans and their father race Vulcans, right? Yeah. So artificial intelligence that is sort of the antithesis of that it takes like, the math. I, I, get, I get it. I get why they're against it. it. It makes perfect sense to me. And that's really all the explanation I actually need. Like, I don't yeah. need there to be a... And I actually fear. I think that's my, my main <laughs> reaction to the whole, what is the secret? Which, and it's literally called, like, a secret. It's not even... Like, it's a mystery box that's almost called a mystery box. It's a box and it has mystery written on it. And, like, I that I fear that more than anything. I don't want to know mm. the secret. Because yeah. I, don't, I, I don't care. I don't need it to exist. I don't want the entire series to be about finding the secret. I wish that that wasn't the way stories were told anymore. Yeah, I like a mystery and I like a twist. But it, not everything has to be a mystery. And not everything has to have a big twist. But I, but I, you know, so I'll just keep watching and I'll keep figuring it out. And I'm just going to continue caring more about the people <laughs> and the, yeah. especially the Romulans. And also Soji, like, I'm sorry, Dodge. I liked you, but Soji is <laughs> very precious to me. She's such a little robot lover and, and broken things lover and, and, she wants to save everybody. From what Narek said last week about her being a person who helps broken people, maybe she's like a psychologist or psychiatrist who treats ex-Borg? Yeah, I don't know what... I don't no. know what she does, but what she did in this episode was stand up for everyone that didn't have a voice. Yes. <laughs> and yes. it was great. <laughs> like, like, she she helped the nameless... She was protecting people in even in her like pillow talk, mm. and then she reached out to the trill woman. Like in all of her little interactions, she was just like, "I'm going to help you, and I'm going to take care of this whatever it is that needs taking care of." And I just mm. I love her. She's a defender. She is, and I love Daj, and I'm still mad that Daj is dead. And at this point, I think she really is gone. But I really like Sergi. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sad and annoyed that we can't have both. But I'm glad that we're getting to know Sergi, and I'm glad that she's like Data. She looks at the world and she chooses to help. Yes. She wants to learn and she wants to grow, and she doesn't. She seems to really believe that she is a human, and I love her. Yeah, so apparently it they've only been around for approximately three years. three years. So I really hope that all the people who say any relationship with Kess in Voyager is pedophilia are equally up in arms about dating Daj and Soji. <laughs> my poor my poor Kylo Romulan is really well named because I can already <laughs> hear all of the people angry about that whole situation. But I think he cares. I think he cares and his sister is not going to be happy about it. Not even a little bit. I love them though. And I was like, my brother has a beard. I wonder if he and I could cosplay Narek and, L and Nerissa. That would be, uh, that would be cool. They're so, I just, that I am here for every sibling relationship, every single one ever. But the, the ones that are, super affectionate and also angry and, yeah, and, yeah. and complicated and have all these weird feelings all right that you I am all in on them and there's a whole there's like a power dynamic of she's his superior and his probably his trainer right yeah and, yeah and I don't she doesn't seem that much older than him but older and 
So it's just like this, it's great. It's great. I love it. It's fantastic. And I was thinking, you know, Star Trek has always had a lot of only children. Most of the main characters either have siblings they're estranged from or they're only children. And the children we see are onlys. So it's really cool that suddenly in both Discovery and now Picard, siblings are where it's at. They're exploring those relationships. Yeah, yeah. I also like Commodore O. I love her. <laughs> She's great. I, I mean, first of all, like, I, I also love Clancy. And oh, we're going to get to Clancy. Thing is amazing. I'll let you. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that Clancy and O have this weird relationship, and then O and Nerissa have a, have it was just like oh this they like. This is this is a an episode that is just a bunch of here have some complex relationships like that's <laughs> literally all that happened in this episode. <laughs> they, it was just a display of new complicated relationships like from start to end. I love O, and you know I'm a Babylon Five fan, and Babylon Five's pilot is famously bad and Tamlin Tamita played the first officer in that and she did not give a great performance it was a poorly written character actually quite racist in a lot of ways but she did her best and it's really nice to see how much she is working in the 21st century and it's so nice to have her in Star Trek because outside of that one pilot I think she's really talented I know her from the Joy Luck Club of course which also stars Rosalind Rosalind Chow Chow. Mm -hmm. and it's it's like I love that movie. It makes me cry every time I watch it. It's like it's not good necessarily, <laughs> but I love it. Mm. And I've always like Rosalind Chow's character is is perfection. But Waverly and that and the relationship between Waverly and June, played by Ming Na Wen, is just like perfection and wonderful, and and it's so good and it's better than the book like yeah i've heard this off the pages it's just like woo. there's they're so that so i i was super excited (laughs) i was like (laughs) yes let's like like i let's and also let's bring ming now went in because then it would be the three people i care about enjoy like club are now in star trek i would fun fact Back in the 90s, Ming-Na Wen was one of the actresses they approached to play Dax. What? There was a list going around on Twitter. I will dig up the link and send it to you, but it has a list of actresses that they were, um, whose agents they were op- uh, approaching or open to approaching for Dax. And one was Ming-Na Wen. Another was Jane Brooke. Okay. We all know I love Jane Brooke. Mm-hmm. And... Honestly, Terry Farrell really won me over. Oh, yeah. But Ming Na Wen. Oh, my God. Like, I, 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 that's a great universe where that exists. But anyway. um, Anyway. Anyway, Commodore O, I, I like your comment here. Liz so hopes she is Vulcan. I just think that it's too easy to have all of the bad people be outsiders infiltrating us and you know it's it's like captain america uh, the winter soldier i like that movie but i feel like america and western democracies can be corrupt without being infiltrated by nazis or in this case romulans i think it would be amazing if she was a vulcan i'm not holding out hope for mm. it because i feel like i've already seen a lot of discussion about her romulanness but I think it would be, I don't even think it would be even a tiny bit out of character for a Vulcan. Like, no, we have no. seen plenty of Vulcans who have locked themselves into corruption and making poor choices. Yeah, it's really easy to do. And I think maybe, especially after the attack on Mars, it would be maybe logical to go, oh yeah, maybe the Romulans have a point and, you know, seek out Jat Vash. You know, I'm sure I'm sure there are lots of Rom- Romulan refugees pouring into Vulcan. You just have to find one who's secret, 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 secret police. I'm super interested to know 
how the Vulcans are doing Ooh. in this era. Because, you know, the Spock was beloved, right? Yes. And then it really wasn't until Enterprise where we got sort of what I'm going to call modern Vulcans, which are kind of terrible. Well, we had Tuvok, but he was so far away. No, from no, but Tuvok Vulcan was like physically. Spock. Tuvok was. Mm. I'm saying that Tuvok and and Spock and even like Sarek in in pre disco mm. were all good is the wrong word, but like decent were... people who also believe in the Vulcan ideal. Yeah, whereas we have. Vulcans with dark flaws. Not just flaws like mm. I'm a bad parent, Sarek, but flaws like I am I guess I guess it can be Star Trek Six. We've mm. got Valeris. But she was considered an outlier, right? Like she was going against the Federation and so she was against yeah, yeah. Vulcan as well. But Enterprise really sort of played with it and said there are different factions of Vulcans they're the logic Vulcans and they're the less logic Vulcans <laughs> and and Discovery went off on that and created all like hey here's some Vulcan rebels who are not Romulans they're just other rebel Vulcans <laughs> and so there's it's it's interesting and I'm just curious because those were both prequels and so you're you're sort of meant to believe that the rebellious streak of Vulcans went away before yeah. we got to our Vulcans. There's also, there's also, uh, I can't remember her name, Talera in Next Generation's Gambit, played by Robin Curtis, and she is a Vulcan terrorist who poses as a Romulan. Yeah, that's true. Right. That there, I, I, I think, is my model for, oh, someone who seems so opposed to Federation ideals that people, you know, we think she's, a, she's Romulan, but she's actually Vulcan. Yeah, but so I would like to see. I would like to know what the Vulcans are doing in Picard. Yeah, Be yeah. So, so that are these outliers, or or is there a split in yeah. the Vulcans? Like, I'm just curious. I just want to know. <laughs> and and so I I wonder. I, o would be a way to give us that. O would be a way to give us some knowledge about what's going on in Vulcan which isn't necessary to the story in any way but it would be interesting it would be and, interesting and it would be relevant because you know Romulans Vulcans right and as you say we don't I I completely agree that I I don't want because then it, what it's saying is like Laris and Jaban are the outliers because they're nice yeah you know and yeah. I don't that's not cool I don't want that story <laughs> And there's kind of a, a good refugee narrative happening there, if that's the case. That, you know, Ooh. they're nice, they've assimilated, they speak our language. Right, exactly. We, we don't want to say, keep your bad Romulans and give us your good Romulans. That's a really terrible message. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I want the Romulans to be complicated and... You know, is how de democratic, how open is the Romulan free state? How much freedom do Romulans have now? Have some of them just taken off and integrated with the Federation? Are there Romulans hanging out on, I don't know, Bajor? How many Romulans even are there? That's a really good question. And I have no idea. Like, how many, how many systems were rendered uninhabitable by the supernova? We don't know. Questions, questions, and more questions. While we're on the topic of Romulans who are different, mm. the the guy who gives the instructions <laughs> to the workers, punk, punk emo Romulan, Romulan. I am. I was like, wow! I cannot wait to see people cosplay this guy. I love him. Like he he sounds so you know. Welcome to the Romulan Reclamation Facility. He would make a great flight attendant, but then his whole look, and he, he looks like he wandered out of Killjoys, basically. Yes. He is amazing, and I love him. I love that there are these throwaway characters who yeah. make such a statement. Yes. And I hope that the Trill, I hope we get to see her. I hope she's like a, a side character and not just a, 
little friend for Soji in this one episode because I was all over her. As long as she doesn't die, I'm okay. Although I am a little concerned so many women have been introduced now that proportionally when there are inevitable character deaths, some of them are going to be these female characters. And that's not like a misogynistic agenda. That's just the numbers. But I love them all and I do not want to lose a single one. Yes, exactly. No, no death. How about we just keep the death off? Keep the death off. Yes. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Maybe this should be a series about everyone coming to Picard's place and drinking tea and then the sun goes down and they move on to wine. Picard has so much room. Yeah. Plenty of people. (laughs) Nothing bad happens. He's got space for the entire Next Generation crew and everyone who's left from Deep Space Nine and Garrett can come and stay because I bet he has great fun trolling Shaban. And... Laris and Worf can drink tea and lament the difficulty of keeping Picard alive against his will when he wants to go off and do something stupid. Yeah, just please, please don't take them. Especially, especially my spy siblings. (laughs) I will lose my mind. Kylo Romulan dies, I will literally lose my mind. I'm sorry. But it's okay. I have to... I feel if if Admiral Clancy leaves her desk I am just going to appear on screen to wrap her up in cotton wool and put her back safely behind her desk where she can't get hurt I, I think I I you're right I I agree like I feel like she's safe but just because I don't see her leaving San Francisco like it's the only reason she doesn't seem like the type of admiral who goes off and takes command of a ship and that's good. That's good. We like that. Stay there. Stay where you are. Stay there. Be safe. Yeah. <laughs> now it's going to be like the the season finale will be just be big, the evil, bad people destroy Starfleet Command. <laughs> like, oh, I, I just, I'm just preparing myself. No. It's really no. difficult for me to not get attached to these characters and it's really difficult for me to continue losing characters. 2019 was really bad. So I would like to avoid it as much as possible. Admiral Clancy is one ill-considered sexual encounter with Jason Isaacs away from my actual heart. So like, I, I, I just can't lose another one. She was amazing. I feel like I've been waiting the entire run of the <laughs> next generation for someone to do that. Same. I, I pictured her like waiting quietly for Picard to leave his office and then ringing up Nechev and going, guess what I just said? <laughs> it was funny because they, it didn't seem like they would talk very much after that conversation, but then she had more to say about what he said in her conversation with O, and then O had more to say about what she heard or what she read between the lines in her conversation with Nerissa. And so I was, I was like, that scene went on longer than we saw, and that's interesting. I wonder what Ooh. happened. <laughs> I Ooh. want to know. I hope fanfic writers, please fill in more of that scene for me. I'm ready Absolutely. for them all. Every version. <laughs> Of the scene, <laughs> I will read. I can't decide yet if I ship her with O, but I, I could. I, I, I could be open to that. I just think I need to see more of her to decide. I, I ship them in the they go to a Starfleet function and accidentally get drunk situation. Mm. I can mm. see it. Where Which is o, really the only thing Starfleet f- functions are for. That O is using that, of course. Like O is, is trying to get secrets and stuff. But oh, Nancy yeah. just lets her guard down for once in her life and, and makes bad choices, which is, yeah. you know, my favorite ship. So I need to see her have a personal connection with someone before I can love her properly. Like at this point, I merely like her a lot. But I also really loved the shot of Picard's going down the escalator fuming, <laughs> which is another reason why I need more of Give me all of the reasons he's so angry. Like, I know that they gave us the reasons, but there could be more. (laughs) They could be more. And I don't think she was out of line. You know, he's retired. He's 
very entitled and <laughs> needed to be put in his place. He was like listing off what I need mm. is a light cruiser and a crew. <laughs> and it was like, no. What what are you thinking? You left Starfleet in a huff, ignored everyone for 14 years, and then blasted us on on television, on live television. And now you come and ask for a favor. <laughs> like, what are you thinking? You are not the great man that you think you are. That's that's it. And it was great and necessary and i think she's getting an unreasonable amount of hatred from a section of fandom what? which i'm trying to acknowledge nitless and yeah also really cultivated my fandom well because i don't see any of this it's because i leave my bubble i should never leave my bubble but uh one thing i liked also is that she gave more context to starfleet's decision to pull out of the romulan evacuation and yes. i still don't think it was a right decision but i understand it better and i think yeah. you know if this had been a next generation episode it would have been picard is sent to negotiate and persuades these 14 races to stay in the federation and then they go off and rescue the romulans so so yeah. i i liked that too what i liked about it is that I was I'm, I was firmly on Picard's side in that that was wrong, but Picard has never been in the position where he had to make that decision. Exactly. He has never had the power that these 14 races, and, and she doesn't mention who the races are. You know, if they're like random people that we actually never hear about in, in Starfleet, uh, that's one thing, but if it was like the Andorians or, or the, the Vulcans, like I'm going to go with Vulcans. I could absolutely 100% see it being the Vulcans. And they are almost the most important race in the Federation. So Certainly they think so. So it could be this really interesting dynamic of mm. these people are wrong. And I love a wrong Vulcan story. Oh, yeah. But they are part of our community and we need to address that. Yes. And also, it's not just that... I don't think it's completely self-serving when she says that the stability of the Alpha Quadrant depends on the Federation being whole and intact. I think that is to a great extent true. And if the Romulan... If the Romulan Empire collapses and then the Federation falls apart, what happens? Does the Dominion come back? Do the Cardassians go, oh, hey, that's a nice planet there. Let be a shame if someone were to take it over. You know, this is complicated. And there are no black and white answers. Right. And I think that Picard doesn't, Picard sees it as very black and white and Picard mm. sees it as uncomplicated because that's, that's his character. And, and we love Picard. Picard mm. is a paragon of virtue mm. and morality. And that's good. And he's also not but wrong. The, the, the reality is that there's a, there are a lot of, there are a lot of consequences and they had to weigh the consequences mm. and they chose the safe option, which again, was the wrong option. Yeah, yeah, but, I'm absolutely not endorsing their choice. But they, they, but, you know, at this point, like, he's coming in and saying, you were wrong, and so you should let me do this in order to not be wrong, and that's really, that's not the way to get people on your side. And the no. I, lo I also love, I love that Clancy listens to him, and tells the wrong person in a very like Palpatine moment here, where yes, yes. where she tells Commodore she puts Commodore O on it, so it's not going to get done. But she she did follow up, like she told off Picard, but then she followed up on what he brought her. Yeah, that she's is what, Like that's exactly she's she's doing her job. Yes. Also, like. Picard is very black and white. He's not wrong. Oh, gosh, I had a point and I've forgotten what it was. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's just pretend I said something really, really smart. Okay. 
it was probably better than bringing Palpatine into it. I'll be honest. Oh no, no, I thought that was brilliant <laughs> and, and kind of true. It's bad when there are people working against you in very high office. Right. Oh yes, this is this is just very silly, but be, the Star Trek universe is so American. But I love that one way where it diverges from the American political system is that the commander in chief of Starfleet is not the president. Hmm. I never even thought about that. Well, this isn't new. It's gone back to, like, um, Star Trek VI, Please oh, no, Rise yeah. from C&C. But I just, it's just a little detail that I really appreciate. So, okay, what haven't yes. we talked about? Let's, 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 uh, should we talk about Rafi? I feel like we really can leave Rafi till next week. I love her. I can't wait to get to know her better. Yeah. I'm outraged that we don't know her yet. But, yeah, that's there's not really much to say. There's not much to like, say other than I love where she lives, I love yes. her seashells, and I love her braids. I was, like, obsessed with her hair. Are they braids or curls? Are they curls They're and braids? curls and braids. Oh, they, okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> and, or, like, pigtails, which are sort of half braid, half ponytail, kind of, you know. Mm. It's, but they... I love that look. That look was great. I was like, I, I hope that I can achieve this someday. <laughs> <laughs> because that's who I want to be when I am hiding from the world and angry. <laughs> <laughs> in your 24th century trailer, we're right. in the desert with seashells. Yes. So amazing. <laughs> Everything about her, I cannot wait to get to know her. Same. Same. I went in expecting Rafi to be my favourite and, you know, Laris has really done a number on my heart, but I'm still... I, I still have room for Rafi. I love them all. Uh, we also kind of hang a lampshade on why Picard is not dragging his Enterprise people into this and confirm that Geordie is alive, which is a relief because That's the good. comic had him... Well, the comic had him working at Utopia yeah. Planitia, so I, heard I was that. worried. I heard that and... I haven't read the comics, but I've been told about them by a lot of people. They're pretty so, bad. I know that Rafi was his first officer on his command. Verity? Is it Verity? I think so, yeah. And so she was his most recent first officer, which I... Like, that makes it better, really, that he goes to mm. her. I feel that that does help me in the... I, I didn't actually need... I didn't really need the line. I the line "Don't go to these people" actually bothered me more than a, more than helped me not want them to be in it. If that makes sense, yeah. It was sort of like it sort of it like you said, hang a lampshade. Like that's exactly it. Felt like a spotlight on this is why we're not going to go talk to these people. And it, it was mm. sort of implied that it's because he's they're too good and they're his friends, and so he has to go to people that don't like him and aren't his friends and it was it was weird I was like that's that's dumb <laughs> like, i lost commander data and i can't I, I can't do that again so i'm going to risk the life of this black woman instead exactly exactly yeah it's like it, it was it was reminiscent of how captain janeway like changes space and time to save seven chakotay and tuvok but doesn't do it for carrie yeah <laughs> it's like yeah why are you like that <laughs> <laughs> we didn't we didn't need that line and yeah and, and plus you know we, we've already seen that he is actually kind of keeping the Enterprise crew out of it because he has definitely not gone to Beverly to get her to incorrectly um, yeah uh, certify him for duty blatant <laughs> like I I it was, it was so I I'm a Beverly fan and I'm a Beverly and Picard fan and so like I it bothers me that she doesn't get a mention mm. in in this show more than like like why wasn't she in the list of people that you're gonna call up it, she's she's just been sort of erased like this episode seemed to be very much about erasing Beverly Crusher because he goes to a different doctor he goes to a different old friend who com who commit commanded a ship like you know how in all mm. good things he goes to beverly he goes to beverly yeah <laughs> like i so so it was and then she wasn't even in the list of people i'm not going to go to so it was sort of like what is going on here what my happened theory is, to that relationship yeah 
My theory is that it's more or less the all good things thing and she is off world and she is commanding her own ship and they are divorced and you know I'm sure they're still friends and I really think that she and Laris are like BFFs but if he is going to do something that he knows she will consider foolhardy and dangerous and bad for his health she's not going to participate. So yeah why call she would only stand in his way and he knows it and he knows that's actually good for him so he's not going to let her become involved and i assume that they don't mention diana as someone he should call because shaban is just like anyone who can pass for a tal shiar agent in the middle of the romulan empire is too terrifying to consider and he is very afraid of diana troy okay there's another fic that i would like to have written <laughs> Everyone, Deanna Troy <laughs> comes for tea and talks about the Talashiar with the Talashiar agents. Go. Mm, mm. <laughs> but, I mean, honestly, I took it as sexism, which is rampant in the Romulan Empire. But, uh, that... Possibly, but have Riker you seen is his wife? Riker is implied in... I mean, Troy is implied in Riker. And also, he didn't mention girls. So, yeah. But, and... I could also blame the sexism on the writers because they're men. And they I, sure I'm are. I was going to say, I'm comfortable doing that. <laughs> they, they can come after me on Twitter. I have no clout, so go for it. I <laughs> really liked that we saw the chief medical officer from the Stargazer and that he's an, a, right. basically a crabby old man. Yeah. That was what he could have been to say. Is yeah, that, but he, is, he could have been a crabby old lady. Yeah, he could have been a crabby old lady. But I did, what I liked about it was that it was someone from the Stargazer, they mentioned the people from the Enterprise, and he goes to someone from the Verity. And I did like that. I liked the idea that Picard was in Starfleet for so long that he had lots of different crews. And that's a, that's a cool idea. Yeah, and I think sort of picking and choosing from those crews in terms of who is going to help him versus who is going to stop him for his own good is interesting but I, I mean we haven't seen the episode but i'm kind of excited for Riker to not go like yeah. i'm super excited for Riker to be like you know what i have a really good life here <laughs> you go have your fun i will come in in this season finale with a ship to save you but let's put off for that <laughs> i kind of keep picturing like beverly and the uss pasteur coming in as a surprise cameo to save his butt at the end but having said that i am maybe a bit fixated on beverly it's been known to happen so yeah honestly i think it's i mean i don't know i don't know who it's gonna be but <laughs> first of all clearly i have i have decided that's what's gonna happen <laughs> based on all of the star trek i have seen well, especially all good things, which is elderly Picard and his little people go off on an ill-considered right. mission to save the galaxy. And it could like, be anyone. there's a it template here. Awesome. It could be Janeway. It could be, you know, Ro Laren and some pirates. Like, I'm up for it. Okay, Ro Laren and Tom Riker. Yes, exactly. It'd be great. So, anyway, dreams, but... Mm. But what? But I'm excited for Riker to not go on the adventure because not everybody has to go on the adventure, and he's going to have a cool group. It's going to be great. Yeah, and Riker has a kid to look after. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 I don't like leaving Troy home to watch the kids so that Riker could go with him is a terrible idea that I'm glad they avoided. <laughs> <laughs> look, we don't know that Deanna doesn't go with him and leave him to uh, doesn't go with Picard and leave Riker to look after the kid. I feel like Deanna and Soji. <gasps> yes. Right? I, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, Soji is so good and Soji would get along so well. <laughs> it, it would be great. Like they can talk about uh, post-assimilation counselling and then the holographic doctor turns up and they just stare at him for a really <laughs> long time and then turn back to their original conversation because we know he didn't do a great job with that. <laughs> so... so this reminds me that there is that like teaser beginning with the destruction of Mars. Oh yeah. And we get to see the I'm going to say Guinan had it right. Slave Data's 
It is exactly as Guinan <laughs> like, predicted. That's what happened. And they also reminded me of the holographic doctors who had been turned mm. into minors because their yeah. medicine moved on or whatever. And it's it's like that whole thing seems really strange to me because it was like, yeah, guess what? It's a computer program, so you can give him the new data, but whatever. Yeah. You can install fresh uh, a fresh iOS. Yeah, no. The Federation has a very bad track record when it comes to artificial intelligence. Like, may, maybe Control was onto something in terms of trying to preserve itself at the expense of all else. And... Yeah, this is this is consistent, and I think it's really sad that they didn't learn anything from the Measure of a Man. But uh, I'm also kind of side eyeing Picard that this was that 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 wasn't why he quit Starfleet. Yeah, yeah, right. Mm. Hmm. And mm. also, like, I also feel badly for those humans. Like, yeah. What the hell? <laughs> Why is, why, like, one of them literally complains about working on a holiday, and I was just like, what is this dystopian future in our utopian future? Well, I feel like, you know, you need a skeleton crew, and this this job is too important to let, let's sit for a day. So, like, you know, presumably they get some other day off instead. But what I was wondering was, did whoever hacked the synths because i think it's pretty clear that that's what happened yeah did that did they choose that day because, because there would be less loss of life fewer fewer humans yeah and yeah. and that but that doesn't that's not better <laughs> like i'm not saying it's better it's just it, there was, it tells still us those something humans. about them it does tell us something about them it, te- it does i'm sure like i absolutely believe that it was chosen a holiday was chosen mm. but it was still rough and it was still I mean and it also makes it a blatant 9-11 analog yes uh the other thing though is that isn't Mars still uninhabitable so maybe something went wrong and it wound up being much worse than was intended I don't know I just finished reading the fourth expanse book which includes an act of terrorism with far higher fatality a far I, higher fatality rate than the terrorists intended I just it was it was it reminds me of the expanse i was like these guys mm. are from the expanse they're the belters and they're yeah. the lower class and i'm a part of me is excited that star trek is acknowledging that no matter how utopian you go the class system is hard to erase yeah but i also is just like woo these guys <laughs> Part of me is like, you know, there is no such thing as a bad job. And, you know, I used to work as a cleaner and the only thing that made it unpleasant was that people treated the cleaners like trash. So, like, I don't don't think that working, that there's anything wrong with portraying working class or blue collar labor. And I don't think that that's that doing that work is in any way demeaning. But it's how people treat you and perceive you. And I feel like maybe these guys were sort of blue-collar stereotypes. Yes, exactly. And yeah. I, I completely... I mean, my job is stupid. Like, <laughs> I am constantly thinking about that. But I don't define myself by my job because... Yeah. I can't. Because it, then I would hate myself if I defined my, myself by my job. And so I, I firmly am, agree that there's no such thing as a bad job in it. And that as long as these people, as long as there isn't some kind of weird, they get a smaller apartment because they have this job too, as long as they get yeah. everything that everyone gets and everyone, they're, they're, that there isn't an actual class system in, like forced on them. I don't know how to explain yeah. it. But as long as they're equal in what they get for, for taking this job, then it's okay. But yeah. the way it was portrayed was portrayed as we are blue-collar union workers who have to go do this job, and then the the AIs are, the synths are below us, and there was just a lot of weird stuff going on because we are looking at it through a 20th century lens. Are we in the 21st yeah. century now? Whatever. <laughs> but, it's, 
2020. You know what I mean. I don't know how to break that to you, but it's it's February 2020. <laughs> I know, but what I'm saying, <laughs> what I mean is, is from our perspective, and the people who are writing it grew up in the 20th century, so I still think it is actually a 20th century lens, even though we're living in the 21st century. Agreed. So there's like there's some weird classist right blue collar versus white collar job mm, stuff going mm. on and it like, all, it's also there with Laris and Jabon who are clearly way more important than Vinters but he like literally says taking care of the grapes is more important than taking care of me <laughs> and it's like maybe that's not a great like use of their skills <laughs> it's like like, just because you have these amazing spy skills doesn't mean you should be a spy for the rest of your life. But, you know, it, it's... Class in Star Trek Picard is going to be an interesting subject, yes. I feel. That's that's what I'm saying. I, and I, I feel like I'm, I'm not going to really be able to say anything definitive about it until it's over. Yeah, same. But, but it's definitely... There, it's in the bones of this series, and that's really interesting. Interesting. I'm not completely positive about it, yeah. but maybe they'll do something good. I don't I, know. I agree. It's a scary, it's a, ooh, this could be bad kind of thing. But I, I hate having to criticize stuff. I, I, I have too much fun criticizing, and then I get into a negative spiral. The thing is that even when something is bad... I find a lot of validity. Oh, yeah. I just, it's so, my own brain and how it works. You know, even even just saying that Starship Picard, in a, and I'm not saying this, I just want to put that out there. Don't yell at me because I'm not saying this. But even saying Starship Picard doesn't treat class the way it needs to is a, is a val is a is a statement that would you know someone could write a whole thesis about that and that's and this that is means, very true and that means and they could use that thesis to say something about our actual society with our actual class system and that is which is what science fiction really, is for. really great exactly that's what science fiction is for and so it's a good thing even if they do it poorly <laughs> i love your optimism i wish i was more like you uh speaking of class and blue collar workers can we raise some questions about Romulan workplace health and safety standards? <laughs> sure. I mean, I was confused. In oh, I was thoroughly amused. It has been 5,000 <laughs> days since an assimilation. I, I just think that if this turns green, then run is A, foreshadowing, and B. Yes, definitely. Guys, seriously, who authorised this? This is not a good plan. I mean, you are... So... If Romulus doesn't exist anymore, yes. What are these like? What is there a Romulan government? Who? How did the Romulans end up owning quote unquote a Borg cube? Like, what is going on? So I have hypotheses. They're not yet supported by anything, but I'm not going to let that stop me. I think that they're. There is clearly a Romulan government, even if it doesn't control all Romulans everywhere. All Romulans everywhere. Uh, <laughs> because, like, you know, travel permits and work permits are a subject of discussion, and it sounds a bit like China, where your entry permission can be uh, denied at the last minute. Come to mm -hmm. think of it, America does that too. Anyway, mm -hmm. so there's clearly a government. And then they have this dead Borg cube, which I assume died in Romulan space. So it's technically their property and they decided to repair their economy by... Was it because they don't have... Right. Was it because they don't have a planet? So they, they're they using everything they have? To, like, it's just yeah. very interesting and very strange. Yeah, I would like to know if there's like a network of space stations where Romulans live in the Romul what was the Romulan Empire. Are they on other planets? I would also like to know who they're selling pieces of Borg bits to, but mostly I figure it's the Ferengi, because even <laughs> with Rom in charge, you can't legislate against greed and stupidity. I, we haven't seen any Klingons yet. <laughs> I really want to know what's going on with the Klingons. 
Are they okay? Are they, I, how are they doing? I, like I want know. to know what's happening with Cardassia and Bajor. Yeah, but the Klingons like are are the Romulans' neighbors and have been mm. there. They've had treaties at various times in their existence, and so they've been I'm to real, war a bunch you know, of times. I can totally believe that the Klingons were like, "You're blowing up, we're leaving." Like, yeah, yeah. We are we are going to ignore that and let the Federation take care of it. Like I can absolutely believe that, but mm. I'm curious. Yes. Uh, the only other thing on our list to discuss is knitwear, and yeah. I just want to say that we called for more knitwear in Star Trek we in our it. Star Trek Five: The Final Frontier episode, and uh, they heard us. I they listened. It. I love That's it. how it works, right? Yep. Picard's sweater. Oh, I love it. I love uh, burgundy. I love uh, I love a jumper. Thinking of learning to knit this year just so I can make that. And I just I love how he he put on his version of a uniform to go into Starfleet. Yes. But when he's home, yes. he's like, no. Back to his old <laughs> I, man pants. I have my exactly. I have my old man pants and my sweaters, and I am happy. Yeah. So leave yeah. me alone. <laughs> At, I am. One hundred percent ready to cosplay Laris in her like long coat with a sweater and the pants and the little shirt peeking out. Like everything about that I was like, all of these layers are amazing, and yeah. I am ready for it. Like I, I feel like oh. I'm some ears and some eyebrows and brown hair dye and something else. Oh, contact lenses away from cosplaying Laris. Yeah. It's going to be great. Super ready for it. But also, to be fair, I really want to cosplay Dr. Gerardi too, who is like well, a completely she different aesthetic. Yes, exactly. <laughs> she's, she's, it's, it's so amazing because Laris and Jabon and Picard wear all of these earth tones the entire Ooh. time. And she wears like blues and whites and pastels and I'm just like oh, I love everything about this the color story you were telling me is amazing and it's great because her tone is a bit cooler because she works in a lab she's a scientist she's not maybe not that close to the earth she doesn't seem like an outdoorsy sort of person right great. I, I have to say in the in the previously on they have her say and Bruce Maddox and I just love yes. the way Allison Phil delivers that line I just wanted to cry I, just like, I really I just had this horrible thought that what if she at some stage hooked up with Bruce and ew. I'm like I know like Agnes you can do better ew. all of the women in this show can do better than the men we've met so far but yeah if I get to go to Star Trek Las Vegas this year like I am already planning all of my like I'm like <laughs> it's gonna be five days and I'm gonna have five costumes and this could be great like i'm so excited to do this i am aiming to go to Worldcon in wellington around the same time of year it is absolutely not a con where people cosplay but what if i do anyway yeah what if you do anyway that's like yeah. wiscon wiscon is not a cosplay con but you know what why not people do yeah yeah okay let's wrap up thank you for listening to anti-matterpod you can find our show notes at antimatterpod.tumblr.com, including links to our social media and credits for our theme music. You can also follow us on Twitter at, at @antimatterpod. Sometimes we post cat pictures and questions for our audience. If you like us, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume your pod. The more reviews, the easier it is for new listeners to find us. Join us next week for Episode 3 of Star Trek Picard. The end is the beginning. Nice.